Welcome back to 13 Horns. I know it's been a while. It's all Brock's fault. <laughs> What's going on, Brock? Not much, man. How you been? <laughs> hey, I'm just L-I-V-I-N, man. Living. That's right. Hey, football season's a hard time, right? So, Yeah, yeah football yeah. season does tend to get in the way. And we did, we did say when we started this that we would uh, – we wouldn't be routine, but we'd miss from time to time. We just didn't know yeah. it was going to be four months between our next episode. Yeah. <laughs> right. But all good. All good. We're, we're committed to 46 a... episodes between now and August. Exactly. We're, we're <laughs> going to cram in as much shit between now and the spring game, take a break, and then as much shit as we can between the spring game and the kickoff of the season. So we got windows here is what we're saying. Windows. Right. And we want to thank our five listeners. And oh, by the way, we gained one. So Justice, if you've if you've created a burner, thank you. <laughs> but uh no, we, we thank our listeners. We're trying to grow. We'll get there one day. Um we got a good show today. I can't wait. No. Well, I can wait because I don't want to hear your bashing, but you know, whatever. I've promised to be gentle-ish. Yeah. See, it's that hey. ish part that scares me. Hey, I mean, we're we're all about Motley Crue today, and that's like that's like a rock uh, and roll, uh, rock and roll royalty to me. Very the freaking crew. crew How so. bad can I screw this up? I'm sure we're gonna find out. This probably would be like if you asked me to rate like the greatest Tennessee Vols of all time, and. Uh, <laughs> That list would probably come out pretty similar. So. I don't know. I, I almost feel like you could do better at that than I have this. Uh, it's not I hate the crew. It's it's not that. I just, I don't know. I, I just feel like, well, we'll get to it. I feel like I've screwed this up enough. But we'll see. All right. Um, we got some news and notes. Um, David Crosby passed away at the age of 81. He was the founding member of the Birds and Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Um, I know he didn't. He kept the joke was he wouldn't gonna live long enough to tour again with them, and he just kept on touring. And he was actually in preparation, or uh, you know, to tour again before he died. So, um, iconic seventies, soft rock, classic rock kind of guy. So, um, I hate to hear that. No. Yeah, he's dead at the age of 81. Well, um, and like so so much of rock and roll history that we know it today started with the birds, right? Right. You know, and I, I don't think people really fully realize that sometimes, right? Because, I mean, that that was kind of almost like the, you know, what do you want to call it? The, uh, the Garden of Eden of rock and roll almost, right? Like that's yeah. almost, that's almost the point, you know, and um and and everything kind of branched off from there if you just kind of backtracked a little bit you know and he's kind of you know then the Crosby Stills Nash and Young stuff later on and you know and he's guy kind of was you know had yeah, today's, a, today's crew would be like yuck but yeah what you know if you truly study the history of of rock and roll and metal you're right it goes back to the Crosby, Steals, and Nash. It goes back to the birds. It goes back to um, 
the old bands, right? The Beatles and yeah. all this. You don't think yeah. of them as being the uh, the forefathers, but really that's where it come from. Well, I mean, the birds, I mean, kind of, you know, that they evolved into like uh, Led Zeppelin and, um, you know, various things, right? You know, and, uh, right. and I mean, Led Zeppelin gets a lot of credit. I mean, and Led Zeppelin's awesome, right? I mean, just the epic band of all time, but like, you know, they have their, their, roots too <laughs> you know they, they they just didn't pop up out of nowhere yep, you know yep. so, everybody had to start um, somewhere you know and so yeah that's very uh you know it's always sad to see when you see uh anybody that you know i mean the, the greatest thing about being a musician of that's been known right is you live forever like through your music you know and so he he gets to do that right so uh you know but yeah that's uh That hopefully people like don't just pass up on the name and not realize the impact he had. Yep, completely agree with you on that. Um, <clears throat> Pantera was removed from the German rock festival bills. Um, and from what I could tell, this is from some backlash that stemmed from an incident back in 2016 when uh. Lead singer Philip Anselmo reportedly gave a Nazi-style salute and said white power while performing a at Dimebash, which is an act, uh, an event held in honor of the late Pantera guitarist Dimebag Daryl Abbott. Um, I know we were kind of talking about this before the show. I don't know, you know, this happened so long ago, but from everything that I've seen looking this up, yeah, they've... Uh, you know they're kind of kicking them out of the uh, out of these events. I guess that's part of the quote unquote cancel culture that's going around. And I'll, but I don't think it's know, that. in that I bullshit. Mean, you know, I, 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 I well, I, you got you got to understand the country too, where they're probably fairly sensitive to any of that, right? You know, so. I think that uh, I mean I know he's you know he's he's since came out and apologized and um, you know said it wasn't like uh, intended the way it was resolved and stuff like that but I mean you know the day and age we live in everything's known and you know actions always have consequences right and uh, if that's what it is yeah that's but what, what does that tell you about the day and age we're in when Pantera has to come out and apologize for something they've done. You know, well, and the other thing is too is that you know, and I maybe that's this this the the side they're taking, but I mean, it's not. I mean, it's really not Pantera though either, right? You know, it's yeah. it's Phil, and I mean, hell, they got what's his ass, uh, Zach Wild on guitar, and that sounds like it doesn't sound like a great band, you know. But maybe I don't, I don't know. Maybe they're yeah. had something to do with it too, you know. And this is just what the the media and the world wanted to pick up on. <laughs> and so that's what they did. Yeah, right? sure. so, I don't, who knows, but uh, I know they're going around and I, we got into the next thing here. I know they're one of the opening bands on the uh, uh, Metallica world tour coming up. So. Oh yeah. 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 There's a lot of bands that have announced, uh, tours for 2023 we were talking about stevie nicks and earlier and you've got uh, metallica with their new album you've got uh, motley crew and def leppard continuing their tour 
throughout 2023. The Foo Fighters have announced um, some dates, uh, you know, their first dates um, post um, uh, Hawkins. Uh, I'm sure that's tough for them, but man, I was looking and I, and I was going to name some of the biggest ones, but man, it, it feels like everybody right, okay, we're just is unloading another. for 2023, right? I mean, we've been setting for what, two, three years yeah. now. I mean, you, you, we're getting back start, to normal, so they're everybody's coming loose. Yeah, I mean, you you started seeing in twenty twenty two. I mean, and, and you're just going to see more of it. And I think that and people want it, right? Like, I think everybody's just has been dying to go to concerts, right? You know, whether it's you know maybe not even a band you would have seen like ten years ago, but now all of a sudden it's like, well, man, who knows if that's what's going to happen in the future? You know, I mean, frick. You know, they, they released here in Kansas City the tickets for uh, Ugly Kid Joe and Fozzie, and I'm, like, strongly thinking about it, you know. and <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm you freaking know? proud of you. And uh, But that, but I, I just think it, when it's taken away from you, you realize how much you love it and how much you enjoy the, you know, just the atmosphere. And, you know, for the most part at concerts, the great thing about them is you got – X number of people that just throw everything out the window, you know, whatever their, their beliefs are at that time. And they're just there for the entertainment and the music and the, in the show. Right. You know, they don't, they don't care that like Democrat, right. Republicans. So much more than that. Right. I mean, you're going for the, for the entertainment and maybe the nostalgia, but also maybe, you know, music, certain songs, certain bands, maybe, you know, we're talking about the crew here in a little bit. Maybe the crew has a special place, more of a special meaning or place to you than it does me. And maybe, maybe uh, a friend of ours, it, it doesn't mean anything to him. Right. I mean, it's all, that's the good thing about music, that it, right. everything music means something different to everybody. So, well, and, 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 um, what, and, and what you're there for, like, a, you know, when you're there for, a, you know, a, a, a Metallica show, all the all the other noise outside doesn't matter, right? You're you're there for that moment. You're there to see Enter Sandman and right. Unforgiven and Master of Puppets and all this other great stuff, right? For you whom the bowl tells, yeah. Yeah. You're not really, you know, whether you're at that point in time Democrat or Republican or communist and whatever, <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. You're you're just there. Yeah, for that music show. has no restrictions. I mean, you're I mean, either yeah. a fan. Or all the not. other stuff, I mean, it, it brings the world together, right? Because all that other stuff doesn't matter does. at that moment in time. You know, it doesn't matter that, you know, anything else you think you're just like that. And that's, that's what's cool. And I hopefully, you know, my, my plan is hopefully we get out to a couple this year. And I mean, I, I would encourage everybody that, you know, find a couple shows, even like I said, even if it's bands, you don't even think that you'd ever go to see ugly kid, Joe and Fozzy, man. <laughs> you know, go and do it, right? So yeah, yeah. And I will even go a step further now that stuff is opened back up <clears throat> and we're getting back to you know somewhat normalcy. Um back when I was younger, you know, we went to the world's fire park in Knoxville and it was on the college right next to the UT campus, you know, and you have it's sponsored by Miller Lot Miller Lot Hot Summer Nights, you know, you're going down there and it's bands you don't know, but you know, 
during those times, I've seen some of the best bands ever. And we talked yeah. about this. I've seen Bush, you know, when they first come out with, with uh, their first album. Awesome. You know, I've seen Hootie and the Blowfish. I've seen Creed. I've seen Weezer, uh, you know, the Blue Album, no doubt. I mean, go, you know, if you love music, get out and go see these because you never know 20 years from now, you're going to look back and you're going to be like, man, what a freaking great album. And I got to see these people or this band or this group from the very beginning. And, um, you know, I've seen the Metallicas. I've seen the Guns N' Roses. Um you know, the Black Album, Use Your Illusion Tour, probably one of my favorites of all time. You know, I don't I don't know that there will ever be a tour that could really beat that, but it's the memories of it, right? The going back, what those songs mean to you. And all these years later, that's still the wheelhouse, kind of like we're going to get into to Motley Crue. That's what draws you to them. So, yeah, get out, go see them, go support these people. Uh Music is literally limitless, no boundaries, no right or wrong or whatever. But uh, yeah, get out and go uh, go check them for sure. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And our last piece here is um, there is unseen footage of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. 20-night residency at San Francisco's iconic venue at the Fillmore in 97 that's being released or coming out. Um, huge Tom Petty fan, so I can't wait to see that. Um, <clears throat> I didn't even know they did that, so um, I'm not sure a lot of people did. So if you're a big Tom Petty fan, definitely uh eye out for that. Um, I noticed it was going way too soon. Oh, yeah. Tom Petty yeah. – uh, Prince, um, just if, and I think those musically were two of the most gifted musicians ever, right? I mean, we've heard the stories about Prince, what all he could do, but <clears throat> Tom Petty well, Tom, was, uh, he was great too. Tom Petty wrote so many great songs, right? And so many, <clears throat> you know, so many, uh, so many classics and, you know, I, and, he, and he probably wrote stuff that all, like we don't even realize. Right. Like we wrote it for somebody else and stuff like that, you know, and I mean, um, you know, so anything with him and I mean, I think that's pretty uh, that's pretty cool that they've had it and they've like cleaned it, you know, they've cleaned it up and they're going to release it. And, you know, whatever it looks like, I'm very uh, interested to, to definitely see it. So. Right. Well, that's like Eddie Van Halen, right? Apparently he's got, you know, I've heard some stories and listened to some podcasts and shit like that. And his music vault that no one knew even knew anything about, man, is just packed to the rim. And I would love to hear some of that stuff. Some of it's, man. you know, stuff with Van Halen. Some of it's some just some personal stuff that he was working on. And I'm sure when you're in a, well, I don't want to say an elite musician, any musician, but you know, if you're one of the top musicians, you, you've got so much stuff. It just amazes well, they're all, me. That's, they're always working, right? I mean, they're creating it and that's what they do. You know, I mean, like me and you, we go to our, our nine to five job and whatever that is, that's what we do. But I mean, they get up in the day and, and they go try to, 
the right the next thing, right? And some of that stuff's like in the middle of where they want it to be. You know, maybe some of that stuff's where they want it to be, but they just haven't found the time to release it to the masses yet too, you know? So, um, you know, I think that you hear, you know, I'm sure Eddie Vellon has stuff. Chris Cornell has stuff. Uh, you know, Prince. All I mean, all these Chris different. Cornell. Wow. You know, folks that uh, left us too soon, right? I mean, I mean, you still have like uh, Tupac things and Kurt Cobain things that you know come out of the woodwork every now and then. You know, right. so um, you know they've put it all down somewhere, and I, it's always neat to to me. It's always neat to see it, and you know, I mean, some of the. <laughs> The, the great musicians and the great musical minds or of our time. I mean, I, you always, you always like that. Right. So. Yep. For sure. Well, that does it for the news and notes. Now so we're on to. Onto the headliner, to, right? Yeah. To the headliner. <laughs> and this week, our, this episode, we are talking about the crew, the one and only Motley crew. Um, so Brock and I have, uh, we have ranked our top 13 crew songs, and then we ranked their albums, um, all nine albums. <clears throat> so I guess before we get to songs, because I think songs will should be after the albums let's start with the albums um and this is your bag man so I'll let well, you yeah let's it. i'm gonna start a little bit of motley crew like to me like uh um motley crew is the epitome of what a rock and roll band should be right absolutely i mean, I mean when you think like I, I mean i hate to use it and I, i'm not trying to be like un pc but like sex drugs and rock and roll right that's motley crew hey you know, th th there's there's no other band that I think it that uh, epitomizes that more than them. You know, they are they did so much to influence like what the if you want to call it the the, the hair band movement of the '80s and what that turned out for us. The uh, um, you know, and probably even like heavy metal and, and some of that things and what it looked at when you looked at their first couple albums and what those were like, but. Uh, you know, definitely one of the, I don't want to say like greatest musical bands of all time, but I think most influential bands of all time that uh, probably are kind of a little bit of an afterthought as far as what they, uh, you know, what they all did. So, um, you know, I'm just going to go through a, a brief history here of them. Uh, you know, they're founded in 1981. Um you know, the, the main one of the most amazing things about them, the original four, right? Mickey Six, Tommy Lee, Mick Mars, Vince Neal. Um, all still kicking and going for them, you know. And, that, and that's, you know, I, I know they've had their ups and downs and breakups and split ups and different things throughout the years. And, you know, unfortunately now it sounds like Mick Mars is retired and they're going with uh, John Five on lead guitar um, going Which, forward. By the way, if you could have picked anybody to do lead guitar, John Five, dude, what a freaking oh yeah, oof. that yeah. dude is unreal with some of the stuff he's done. So I can only imagine what he's going to do with the crew. But yeah, well, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, and I, and I think you know, but like the fact that the four of those guys that founded that band in 1981, or the fact they're all still alive, is probably 
beyond a miracle. That's amazing in itself, right? I you mean, know, seriously, especially but, uh, from that time period, that era. Well, that band, I mean, I, like, I mean, I'm sorry, but Nikki Six is probably in this more drugs than most countries, you know, and, <laughs> um, <Right. laughs> but, you know, they're still kicking and going and, um, they got to, they've sold over a hundred, hundred million albums worldwide. Right. I mean, that's gotta be rare air for anybody wow. when you think about it. Right. And, um, seven albums were platinum, nine top 10 albums, um, Dr. Feelgood being the only the, actually was the number one album. When and you think about when they say number one album too, they're not talking about just rock, right? I mean, that's number one album. I and mean, that's included in like in 1989. That's included in, I'm just throwing out random art people from them, but that's included like Whitney Houston and freaking uh right. any anybody else, right? Whatever Garth Brooks. I don't know if Garth Brooks was huge in 1989, but I'm going with it. Um, <laughs> you know, but I mean it's it, so that's not that's not just the top rock album genre that's like top album altogether you know so um 22 top 40 rock hits you know six top 20 pop singles you know and did it all you know and then all of a sudden they're you know you think they're gone in a way and then all you get a freaking netflix special on them that you know covers the band's career that just i mean brings them back to life right like i mean so i mean even you know, 40 years later, they're still relevant and everything. And, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily see that everywhere, I guess. And so, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I love Motley Crue probably more so. I mean, that's my band. And so and I, I know Hollywood's probably a little like, Oh my God, Brock's just going to freaking kick my ass over everything I say here today. But, uh, I think the great thing about <laughs> oh, the crew, I is, though, but I think the great thing about Motley Crue is, is that they have, you know, we were kind of talking about it before, you know, they, they have a sound that's like, to me, like, is almost like, like, a, like, like original. And like, you know, when you go back to their first couple albums and it's kind of like, okay, this is like the, 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 the dirt of the band, right? This is the band all stripped down and what you want it to be. But then they also have this great, like, kind of, pop band a little bit kind of thing right it's popular and you got like music that like everybody gets behind because it sounds great they got cleaned up and and you know they, they kind of got the best of both worlds <laughs> a little bit you know where it took them a while you know like they're right. not, Ain't, isn't that kind of a curse and a blessing too of a good band i think so i yeah. mean if you're good enough and you've been around what was we talking about before we jumped on metallica right yeah. You know, and, and we both kind of said reload load album before or the black album before. That's kind of our wheelhouse, right? Kind of where our what we like. But if you've been around as long as Metallica, Megadeth, Pantera, you know, Motley Crue, whoever, if you've been around Guns N' Roses, you know, they've come back, your sound is going to kind of change at some point. Does do your fans or does the national audience like everything you do? No. Uh, I think it when you have such a broad era of music, I think you're going to have, well, we like this or no, we like this. I mean, it's, I mean, back to Metallica, thrash, heavy metal, kind of uh, the national narrative radio play. Um, 
and I think that's what's with the crew too. You you were talking about it, just that pure rock and roll, and then they had that little bit of a pop sound. And well, and, and I think and what, when you're that good for that long, you're you're going to change and evolve, and you're going to have different sounds. Well, and, and it, it's like what fits, right? Because I think with the the thing I I told you before, you know, like the like Master of Puppets, um, doesn't fit on the Black album, right? When you listen, to them, <laughs> no, you know, I mean, and you can love both, right? And, and it just, but it just doesn't fit for where the band was at that present moment in time. And I think that's what, you know, Motley Crue does. They, they transition through time and um, especially from like 1981 to Dr. Feelgood, right? And, you know, yeah. I, I think some of that stuff after it kind of is what it is. Not that there's not some great songs and great music here and there, you know, off of uh, Generation Swine and uh, New Tattoo and uh, uh, Saints of Los Angeles. Um, there is right, but I, but it's not, too, you know, it's, it's different, right? You know, so anyway, I, I, you know, I think we'll have some, uh, you know, fun with the things that we're going over here, and we'll. Uh, I promised Hollywood I won't beat him up too much, but I know that's a lie. Yeah, so. yeah, I've heard you lie before. Whatever. We'll we'll, you're we'll get on. You're setting me up for the smackdown. I can feel it. So you know, yeah. I was going to let you lead the way, but I've I've changed my mind. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lead the way and just let you freaking hammer me however you feel you need to because this is your band this is your show so um, <laughs> so I guess we'll start uh, I Album guess we'll start with albums at number nine and work up right yeah so at number nine I've got uh, Saints of Los Angeles which came out in 2008 that's their ninth studio album yeah um. I'll disagree with that, but I'll tell you why later on. So uh, my number nine album is actually the Motley Crue album um, with uh, oh that's the one without Vince. Um, right. But it, so I didn't know where to put it. Right. Like, here's my thing with that album there. I It actually is a really good album. I think if you just sit down and listen to it, it is. But my thing is, it's not Motley Crue. It just. Right. And I, I think that's kind of. My thing why I had it so low because like I see we just talked about, I'm more of yeah. a nostalgic guy. So Yeah, it's just it just isn't. Like I, I think if like to me that's like the first six AM album, maybe. <laughs> it just isn't giving, right. it just isn't giving credit for it, I guess, you know. Right. But uh I don't uh I, I didn't know where to put it. I just like like to me, I just like, well, I mean I think part of me says like, man, that might be like my third or fourth favorite album that is like credited to Motley Crue. Cause I mean, it's got a lot of, I mean, you can kind of listen to that one all the way through and you know, it doesn't have a whole lot of any crap in it really, you know? So, um, you know, but yeah, that was my, uh, my ninth and I guess that's your eighth too. So. Yeah. Motley Crue, the 94 album, their sixth album, that was my number eight. So. Yeah. My next one was, uh, was generation swine was my number eight. Um, they just kind of went with a different sound, right? They tried to go like some kind of mix of like alternative and industrial music or something. I'm not for sure what they were doing. Not that there's not some songs on there you like. I, I mean, Afraid, I think, is a pretty good song. Uh, um, Glitter's not a bad song. See, I, um, I, I kind of like the album. Was it as good as their first five, six albums? Yeah. No. But I kind of felt like that was almost the turning point for them, right? That 90 that generation swine was kind of had a, a little bit of a hint or 
a little bit yeah. of a prelude to their past, but it was almost like the changing of the guard album where they really started to go a different direction. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I just, they were they were trying some different things. I think with what was going on. I mean, you got to think what was that 94, 95? Um, I don't I don't have the years on my sheet. You might. Um, yeah, Generation Swan was ninety seven. So ninety seven. Well, so like grunge was kind of dead then, and so like you're kind of in the right. You know, you're into. I mean, honestly, the biggest rock bands at that point in time were probably like Green Day and folks like that were probably ruling the rock world, yeah. right? Um, you know, so I don't know. Like, uh, like I said, I just it, it was. It's a completely different sound for them. I don't. I don't necessarily hate it. They got there's some songs on there I really like too. You know, but that's you know it's kind of lower down on on my poll for me. So. So my number six was New Tattoo, which was the 2000 album. That was their eighth album. Um, I kind of felt like after Generation Swan, they kind of picked back up a little bit right there with that album. Um, but again, you know, I, I think that was a different time, a different sound, a different error for the crew. Well, I like, I like New Tattoo somewhat because I think it gets it back to their – roots a little bit with like uh hell on high heels and uh which i think by the way might be one of the best songs off that freaking album yeah um you know and, and so it kind of gets back to their uh you know dirty 80s rock band kind of stuff a little bit you know but right. yeah I, but you know tommy's not on drums on that one um you know he he he'd left the band he's off doing his own thing you know whatever he was doing at the time and stuff you know but he's off doing Pamela Anderson is that what you're saying well he might have been past that a little bit I don't know he was doing uh, what was it uh, methods of mayhem <laughs> was, that, was that his was that his project I think methods of mayhem is what it's called um I think you're right on that yeah you know so yeah I, I that was uh my you kind of skipped a little bit here too so my my actually number six then because I think that's where you are um because we've kind of like basically oh, sorry sorry no, seven good, was generation line six was new tattoo yeah so we've kind of we've kind of agreed on like those where they fall except for the saints of los angeles but uh my next yeah. one here is that is and this is where me and hollywood are probably way off on the thing is theater of pain oh, jesus christ is uh is my number six and you call yourself a freaking crew fan well and oh here's here's my <laughs> thing i'm on theater of pain other than like home sweet home and then you got a remake of no way you, and you got a <clears throat> and you got a cover of like smoking in the boys room that, that song that album's really doesn't have a whole lot of stuff on it you know so no but home sweet home peril you know to me pulls it to where it is um i'm not a fan of like louder than hell and you know some of the other junk they put on there plus at that point in time i think the band was so jacked up on freaking whatever <laughs> that is probably amazing they put an album out at all but uh um that was my number six there. So it's on you with wow. Fiverr. Yeah, I don't I don't even know I don't even know where to go with this right now. You'll get there. That's just crazy. No. What it's such a good album. Smoking in the boys room, home sweet home, ladder no, than hell. No, that was terrible. Oh, I can't even with you. I can't even with you. But this is your show, so I'm I'm letting you roll with it. So I Where, like it what number are we at two? I like it louder than hell. I don't know. Why do I got to keep track of everything? City Boy Blues. Uh, we're at number five. So number five album 
was their debut album, Too Fast for Love. That's my number five. Yeah, that's too low. Which was a good album. I'll be honest. I think their first, what, five, six albums? I I would think I was first five or six against anybody's first five or six, right? I mean, there's there's very few bands that can put out that type of catalog. I I could see like between Too Fast for Love, Shout at the Devil, Theater of Pain, Girls, and Doctor Feelgood. How it could be like interchangeable, somewhat, right? Like I think that to me, like Too Fast for Love, like is that's actually my number one crew album. I, 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 think guess it has, it's, I guess it's what you grew up listening to. Well, right? it, it, it just has, it, and it just has so much depth what that band is, right? Like I think that you look at that, you know, you got Live Wire on there, you've got uh, the Too Fast for Love, um, on on with the show, like is to me like one of their, like one of their greatest songs that they put together, and um, you know, so that's where you know. What 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 kind of attracted you to Motley Crue, right? Was it kind of where they started, or where they ended up, like with Girls, Girls, and you know, like I think we said it before the show. You kind of had like you had Too Fast for Love, and then Shout the Devil, and then like um, Theater of Pain was kind of like a transitional. And then you went to Girls, Girls, and Motley Crue, or in Doctor Feelgood, and it's kind of like okay, you know, that's what that the journey, right? You know, so um, yeah. my number five is Girls, Girls, Girls. Um, nice. you know, I, I, again, I like, I, I, they got some great songs on there and stuff like that. You know, I just don't think they're as strong as like the, the other ones I got, got up above it, you know, and, um, you know, wild side girls, girls, girls. I mean, I mean those are freaking rock anthems, right? I mean, that's, those are songs that are going to be played from now until eternity, you know, and it's also got, uh, you're all I need and some other, you know, some other things that you're all I need is probably one of the deepest songs out there <laughs> if you said if you listen to it you know and watch the video especially too about the uh boyfriend killing the girlfriend or whatever it was and all that stuff you know so uh, uh that was my uh my number five number four hollywood yeah, and that was that was such a good album and i'm kind yeah. of right with you on that because that was my number four you know is the 1987 debut uh their their fourth album and you know go down a rabbit hole, you know how I am. 81, debut album. 83, their second album. 85, their third. 87, their fourth. 89, their fifth. Um, You know, from 81 to 89, man, they had five albums, and I don't know that... You you couldn't get people to do that nowadays, right? Because they're, they're doing this and movies and off on tour... To have five albums in a nine-year span and be that good, that's that's pretty impressive. Um, but uh, I agree with you on the You're All I Need. That's a, a really, really good song. Yeah. Well, Dancing Going Glass on that. I mean, there it's an I mean, like I, I think it's a it's a album that probably gets kind of like over overlooked a little bit in their uh, you know in their catalog. I think than when they look at what's the top. So. Um, and it was kind of tap heavy, right? Well, and, and most, you've got, most albums are, right? Got, yeah. Well, you've got the wild side. You've got girls, girls, girls. Uh, you got you're all I need. 
you know, they did the uh, Jailhouse Rock Live is on there. Yeah. Um, I mean, a really good album. Not one of my favorite albums of theirs. Um, well, but how many? Like how I, said, many... I, I, I had it at number four, so I'm not too far off with you on that. Well, and how many how many bands out there would love to have an album that had Wild Side and Girls, Girls, Girls level songs? On, right? <laughs> right. You know, right. I mean, that's. I mean, those are. I mean, like I said, those are two rock anthems, right? Like you, you're going to hear them someplace, all the time, right? You know, and so. Right. Um, that's what makes it makes them great. You know, my my number four album is uh, is Saints of Los Angeles. Um, I, I actually I love this album. I mean, I, I it's one I just really tell, See, I, I thought that was their for me that was their number nine album. Really, I, I just think it tells a story. You listen to it from start to finish. I mean, it's it's telling to me. It's telling the history of Motley Crue. Um, you know from. Uh, you know, where it starts, you know, they got the song on there, uh, down at the whiskey, you know, talking about their days at the, at, you know, playing at Which the I think may be the best song off that album or maybe um, number two, you know, and, and, you know, I, I, I just think if you tie that song, you just sit there and listen to the album and just think about the history about the crew. It's kind of like their anthology a little bit, um, you know, down, down on the, uh, I'm, I'm missing the name of the song here, but, I need to pull it up, but, uh, they, uh, you know, like what's it called down on the floor, I think is, you know, talking about like their, uh, or face down, down in the dirt, first face down in the dirt, you know, it's talking, you know, you listen to that song. It's kind of about like a band trying to get up and going. Right. And, uh, what's it going to take saints of saints of Los Angeles is a great fucking song. Like period. I mean, that, to me, that's a ba- that's as, as Hollywood would say, that's a banger. I think, <laughs> you know, um, you know uh, welcome to the machine. You know, like you just kind of go through it. Like, welcome to the machine to me is like almost like talking about when they kicked out Vince Neil and they brought in Karabi, you know, to be their lead yeah, singer and yeah. stuff, right? And so, I, I I just think it's like an anthology album that like people don't realize, and I just love it. I I, I it's one of my, you know, obviously it's one of my top four favorites. I mean, but I think it's a complete album. It's got a lot of good songs on it, and I I enjoy it. So I will give you that because I kind of didn't think of it that way. Um, I think it is a storytelling album, right? A history of the well, crew, and I think it, I think if you look at it that way, the storytelling part, I think it is one of their better albums, probably in the top five. If I, you know, now that I think about it, I probably changed that, but. Um, well, and there there was a lot of speculation too that it was like, uh, it, was it tied to the book The Dirt, right? Um, and by the way, if you haven't read The Dirt, like, oh, I'm not a huge, so I'm, I'm not a huge book guy, but that's like, if you wanted to go like behind the curtains of what 1980s rock yeah. was like, you need to read The Dirt. They let it all out, <laughs> didn't they? I mean, they just cut loose. They didn't. Well, they, yeah, they didn't care. I mean, they just said like, "This is what it is," right? You know, and, and, and that's the one thing I about another thing about Motley Crue I've always appreciated is they they admit what they are, right? I don't. There's not a guy in right. there that's going to say that, like, you know, oh, I'm some, you know, 
this isn't me. You know, I mean, Mickey Six is like, I'm an addict, right? I, I've had these problems. Right. And, and and why should you hide from that? Be who you are. Be, you, you know, know, right and, or wrong, good or bad. Admit who you are and, and do it. Yeah, be, be real, right? You know, I've, I've kind of always yeah. I've kind of appreciated that from them. So, um, yeah, it's on to you for number Trace. That's three. Yeah. Trio. So, I know I've screwed this up, but... Number three for me is Dr. Feelgood, the 99 album, or the 89 album, which was their fifth one. Um, you know, Dr. Feelgood, the song itself, that's that's the lead song, right? But, you know, Slice of Your Pie, Rattlesnake Shake, Kickstart My Heart, Without You, Same Old Situation. Um, I mean, that album was loaded from front to back. Um and maybe for, you know, a lot of people my age, our age, uh, maybe that's really where they took off, right? Was that 89 album uh, probably one of their more heavily played radio albums, I would suggest, or I would say. Um, you know, I know Smoking in the Boys Room and all that gets a lot of play, but Dr. Feelgood, like I said, that album from front to back got played heavily. Um, now, is that due to some of their previous albums? Yeah, I'm sure that had something to do with it. But, man, just a freaking rock and roll album. I mean, it had a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, just hardcore rock and roll to some slower type ballads, I think, um, without you or whatever. Um, just one of my favorite albums for sure. Well, that, that was kind of the that, – that's also my number three. Um, and, and that's kind of I didn't completely screw up. Nah, and, and that's kind <laughs> of the that's like that's like the perfection of Motley Crue, right? You know, you kind of go through the, you know, like I said, they are almost kind of like punkish metal, glam rock, whatever they were when they first started. Maybe more about theatrics than the music, you know, because you had like, you know, fucking. Tommy Lee's like six foot six and he's got a you know big ass hair and he's back there playing the drums and you know <laughs> Mickey Six is wearing freaking you know thigh high boots and lighting him on fire and whatever and you know and you got Mick Mars that looks like he's freaking some goddamn reject from the Adams family standing in the corner <laughs> just kicking the fucking hell out of his guitar. But um what the perfect Motley Crue is Dr. Feelgood as far as their sound and, you know, like the lyrics and, you know, and everything. Right. You know, and like, and I love that. I mean, that's like, I, and I love that. I can listen to that album, like straight through every other, every other day, almost if I wanted to, you know, just because it's that good. I mean, I think it's, I mean, honest to God, that's from start to finish. That's their tightest album. Right. And to me, like Dr. So, Feelgood. Dr. Feelgood is an album that's in the top. You put that album against anybody's stuff. I can put that up right. against Appetite. I can put that up against the Black Album. I can put anything in the 80s. I can put Dr. Feelgood up against. And is it, I don't, you know, I, I hadn't thought of it that way, but you may be right. Appetite, Black Album, Dr. Feelgood. And, and the thing with Dr. Feelgood, right? I know that's the name of the album. That's the headline song, the one that just freaking gets blasted everywhere yeah. on radio. But, for me, I mean, it's a it's a freaking upbeat. I mean, it's a pump you up song. I mean, you can't well, freaking listen to Doctor Feelgood and not just get freaking 
completely unfreaking wound, or at well, least and, I can't. And 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 doctor, and, and that out. I mean, you know, again, I talked about girls, girls, girls. How you got Wild Side and uh, um, the girl song itself, and how those are two like rock anthems on it, right? And Doctor Feelgood got the same thing. Doctor Feelgood and Kickstart My Heart, right? Are just two. Oh, Doctor Feelgood album is like I said a minute ago. It's just freaking loaded. I mean, you, you know, got Doctor Feelgood. You got uh, Terry Town, which is TNT. You got Slice of Your Pie, which I think is an underrated song. You got Rattlesnake Shake. You got Kickstart My Heart, which is just off the charts that gets played a lot. Without yeah. you, same old situation. Sticky Sweet. I mean, and you're not even getting into a couple of the obscure songs like uh, she goes down time for a change um get it for free i mean that you know for me that's that's a close 1a or 1b to 1a as far as albums because i i mean that was just in my wheelhouse at the time well um, yeah it's just i mean i don't think it you know like it, it holds up against anything that came out in the 80s right and in that time right. frame you know I, I don't know if we've done you know, 1989 or 90 or whatever years we do on those albums and stuff, you know, but that's one that is right in that, uh, you know, it would be in there with anything. I mean, and it, it's, uh, like I said, it's their most polished album from, uh, from start to finish, but, uh, you know, it's not necessarily, uh, the favorites, you know, so, um, Hollywood and step away here for a second. So I'm going to go to my number two album um, is shout at the devil. Um, that was released in uh, 1983, you know, and it, you know, of course it's famous for the title track shout at the devil, um, but also has just so many freaking great songs on it. In my opinion, um, <clears throat> looks that kill. You know, the video from that was, you know, it's kind of the one that I think put Motley on the map a little bit, you know, with them all, you know, chasing the, chasing the ladies around on stage and, <laughs> you know, the whole, the whole craziness of that, um, you know, Bastard's a great song. The, the Beatles cover of Helter Skelter was just like on point and freaking, oh my God, just so awesome. Uh, Knock Him Dead Kid, 10 Seconds to Love, Danger. I mean, it's really, I mean, it's a strong album from start to finish. Um, for me, um, you know, I just, it, it was just great. You know, that was kind of where they kind of, uh, you know, started hitting their stride, I think. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I just love that album, you know, so that was, that was my number two, um, for me. So. Right. And man, I was hoping we'd be the same on this. Shout <laughs> out the devil. And I feel like I'm not too far off so i feel like i feel like i've kind of held my own with you on this because you're the crew <laughs> fan right um because i seriously i was i was like damn he's gonna fucking roast me on this shit but um shout out to devil which is their second album 1983 that was my top album of theirs and yeah. i think it's i think for all of the things that you said I think that's kind of where it was at, right? You got Shout Out the Devil, Looks That Kill, um, Helter Skelter, which, you know, is a Beatles song. But one of my favorite covers of that is Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie, right? 
But the crew, they come out and put their own spin on this. And so, and, and me and you were talking about this off air. I think that's, you know, them putting their spin. They, they freaking killed this for a cover song. They freaking killed it. Yeah. Um, Too Young to Fall in Love, Knock Em Dead Kid, which I love, 10 Seconds to Love. I, I think this is, like I said, I think when you're looking at the crew and their entirety, of what they've done of their career. Um, and as good as I'm a huge Dr. Feelgood fan, uh, and I'm going to go back and touch on my number two here in a minute with Theater of Pain, I think Shout Out the Devil album, that second album, I think that's really what put them on the fucking map. Um, 1983, and then you're setting up there. Shout Out the Devil at 83, Theater of Pain 85, Girls Girls 87, Dr. Feelgood 89. And if you even wanted to go back to Fast for Love, 81, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know that there's a, a group or a band that has the catalog over the same time frame as the crew does. Um, but, yeah, that's so good. Um, just to go back here for a minute. So my number two, because I'm – my number two was Theater of Pain. Um such a freaking good album, right? And I think sometimes I get carried away with the headliners of it. Um, but man, you've got two of the best songs, and, and I guess we're going to get into this here in a minute um, as we break down the top 13 songs. But I think, you know, as, as good as Dr. Feelgood was, some of these other songs that they've had, which are just absolute fucking bangers, right? As I would say, just freaking crank it up, rip the knob off, just freaking absolute bangers, as I say. Um, if you go back to this Theater of Pain album, it's got two of their best songs, I think, ever. Smoking in the Boys' Room, Home Sweet Home, and they're completely different, right? Home Sweet Home's that slow 80s ballad type music. And then you got Smoking in the Boys Room, which is just straight fucking rocking and rolling, right? Um, this, Believe it or not, this was really hard for me. Um, I got Theater of Pain at number two. Of course, I've already met, said Shut It at the Devil at number one. But Shut It the Devil, Theater of Pain, Dr. Feelgood, those three albums, for me, I could easily interchange them, uh, depending on what it was. Um, but I think that's three of the crew's best albums ever. And that's quintessential crew, right? Vince Neil, Nikki Six, um, all those guys. Um, who's your number one? I think you already mentioned it, but go ahead. Well, it's Too Fast for Love. It's their debut album. Um, you know, I think when you, you know, like Live Wire is to me, that's the song that if you've never heard Motley Crue, that's the song you need to start with is Live Wire. Um, you know, and then you've also got, uh, you know, Too Fast for Love, Mick at the beginning of that. I mean, it's just, I mean, yeah, it, I, you know, I, I can't sing guitar very well, but like, that's like, a, <laughs> 
that's a classic guitar riff at the at the front of that song, right? And so, you know, and then you you got to, I mean, you got to, I I think, I don't know, out of my top thirteen songs, I want to say three or four off this album. You know, I just I, I just love it. I, I it, it didn't shout the devil. I can kind of go back and forth on, you know, and I I kind of with Motley Crue, I kind of like the jury the journey more than the the perfect piece. You know, which I think that's what Doctor Feelgood is at the end of the day. You know, but like the the two fast. Like, so? well, like I said, that's their most polished work, right? That's like if they could, you know. That, and I that, love that fucking album. I do, Doctor Feelgood. I mean, we're sitting here ranking these, and I think you know, like I said, Shadow Devil's probably their best album. Theater Pain Two, Doctor Feelgood's three, but. Personally, for me, if you really want to hit what I like about the crew, that Dr. Feelgood album, man, is just fucking rocking and rolling, letting it rip. We're the crew. This is what we're about, right? I mean, it's. Well, and and I like and I like the, you know, kind of the uh, the thing I like about Motley Crew is that like they know they're imperfect, right? And. To me, that's what like Too Fast for Love and Shout of the Devil are a little bit, right? They just know they're this kind of dirty old school sex, drugs, and rock and roll band, and that's what we are, right? And then you get to and doctor. doesn't the crew kind of epitomize that? They do. That sex, drugs, rock and roll, them, Guns and Roses, Poison a little bit. I, I think, well, I think Molly, a few. Molly Crew more than any band in, in history. Oh, me. yeah. Like, you know, like I said, I think at the start, you know, they're the, the most, to me, they're the most infamous or notorious band in rock and roll history right like if you i mean you got to realize like in 1985 or six seven somewhere in there i mean nikki six vince neal and tommy lee i mean those are probably the three biggest rock stars on the planet right i mean mick mars is always kind of probably outside of axel yeah axel you know, slash maybe Nah, i think before even over him before uh, this i said 85 86 i mean like appetite in the kickoff to lady 78 89 you know, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Once it started to go, and they probably were, you know, and but like three, you know, three guys in the same band, and like, you know, I mean, they're, you know, they're they're dating the, you know, the, the supermodels and the Heather Locklears and the, you know, and yeah, doing all these, Heather Locklear, you know, you know, doing all the crazy shit they did, and you know, like, I, I just, you know, like, I don't know, but like that, but that's all, you know, part of like too fast for love and shot at the devil and you know theater of pain to extent you know even like i i'll admit i hate the fucking theater of pain album but that's that's me like music's each their own a little bit right so um i just uh you know i i just think that what that band started out was as was too fast for love and shot as the devil and then it, it started transitioning from that right to a a more what do you want to call it a radio friendly or poppy or popular song kind of thing. Right. Um, not that they weren't so great after that, but like, you know, it, it, you know, to me, it's very similar with Metallica, right? Like I, I know me and you have talked about this. We haven't done a show on it or nothing like that, you know, but like, I have no problem telling you that I love master puppets and ride the lightning and kill them all. And even and justice for all more than I like the black album. For whom? Yeah, yeah. Right. And 
you know, I, I just think that this kind of epitomize, you know, it's kind of the same route, you know, so. And, I, uh, and I'm kind of with you on that, but, you know, staying with the Metallica thing, but that Black Album, they took so much shit over that, right? Because everybody said, you're sellouts, you're freaking posers, you're whatever, well, whatever they, you want to call it. I mean, it. let's be honest, they sold out. They sold, it, well, it, it, well, they did a little bit, but that was one of their best fucking albums from front to back. Well, so, I, I, I think it's song one to the end song. That black album, you you can't freaking deny that that was one of their best albums. Did they have better songs on other albums? Yes, but I think from front to back, well, that, it's just the most polished. It's, it's the most it's the most polished thing they did, right? And at, at that point in time, they right. did the perfect thing, and they had the money to do the perfect thing, right? Because you could throw, and the same thing with Motley Crue, you could throw millions of dollars at Bob Rock to come produce your album. You know, I mean, that's the funny thing about the Black Album and Dr. Feelgood. They're both produced by Bob Rock. You know, and, and so you kind of look at that, right? So, um, right. Anyway, let's music move on. is just so intriguing to me from the sound to the band to the members, the singers, the bass players, the drummers to, you know, the history, who influenced them, to the producers, the whole nine yards. I mean, music is just on another level from anything in the world. Um, so I think we've covered the album. So here's where you're really going to roast me, I feel like. Um, so we also ranked the top 13 songs of the crew. Um, and again, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna mention mine and let you just rock and roll with it from there. <laughs> so number thirteen, <laughs> number thirteen for me is Knock 'Em Dead Kid, um, which is off of their Shout at the Devil album. Um, it's it's just such a it's a great it's song. It's like an like, anthem, right? I mean, it's like Knock 'Em Dead. I know you were like fuck. You're, I mean, you've been fucked with me all week about like Motley Crue only having six songs and shit like that. But well, you uh, know, shooting stars, their best song. I mean, yeah, come on, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but uh, I mean, they and their self-titled album, Bad Company. I that's mean, right. Come the, on. The, the Motley Crue self-titled Bad Company album. Um, <laughs> but uh, they and I, I feel mean, like Knock 'Em Dead is not a song that a lot of people would pick. Oh uh, no, I love out that of their song. catalog. But for I, me, I. I'm I'm impressed you found your way there, Hollywood. So fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. I just gave you a compliment. I just said I was impressed you found your way there. Yeah, but I know there's some there's some ingenuine um oh. ingenuine um no fuck, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Just fucking go. I, I just was but like I I really like that song and I mean, I, the thing is, like, anytime you do this stuff, you always have cutting board stuff that doesn't make it, right? Because we're doing 13 and stopping there, and, um, you know, I enjoy it. So uh, my 13 uh, was is Motherfucker of the Year off of Saints Los Angeles. Oh, I just missed for me. I swear to God I had that. That I was just, my 14th song. I was like, where did I put this? I just I just love it. I just, I mean, I just think it's like, I don't know. I just think it's a great tune. I enjoy listening to it. Um, you know, I just, I just think it. You know, and I know it's off their newest album, but I just, you know, I just, I really enjoy that song off there. And there's like that was that one there, and another song off that album, the uh, Down at the Whiskey. Um, 
that I didn't put on there. I mean, those are like the that was my thirteen and fourteen on there. So, what do you have for twelve or? All right, <laughs> twelve. That's a double sixer in case you're not counting here. Um, <laughs> hey, if you know, you know, right? Um, so, for me, number twelve. Oh man, I, I feel like the, there's so many of these. But number 12 for me was um, too young to fall in love. Um, and I feel like you're just, I feel like you're going to roast me on these because no. you're like the. I, don't, I like, don't knock me. That's, I mean, that's which very, is off of the same album, right? Yeah. Knock them dead. So I've picked back to back off of Shadow at the Devil. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I really like this. I mean, that's like I just said, that's my favorite uh, Motley Crue album, um, and that's obviously which a, it was in one of my top albums too. And that's and this is the reason why because I had multiple songs off that. I I feel like this is just you know we kind of talked about Doctor Feelgood for me for me was where they really pop wise took off or yeah. I don't want to say pop wise, but radio play, they really fucking took off. Right. Mm -hmm. But you go back, shout out the devil. I mean, this album was cool. Shout out the devil looks that kill. Uh, you've got too young to fall in love. You've got knock them dead. Could 10 seconds to love. I mean, this album was loaded from front to back, but for me, and you had to help us scale to cover, uh, but the two young for to fall in love is just. I mean, it was just too young, too young to fall in love. Too young to fall in love. I mean, it's catchy, right? Yeah. But you go back and listen to the lyrics. I mean, it's it's telling a story, and I think that's one of the crew's greatest attributes as a band. Well, is their their songs. Their songs tell stories, whether it's Vince or whether it's Nikki Six, whether it's Tommy Lee, whoever. I think their songs tell stories, you know, back from the early days to now. It tells stories. You can feel it. You you, you know what's going on. You well, can that, relate. I mean, Nikki, Nikki Six is their – I mean, he like, writes the lyrics, right? I think he's a guy that um, – you know, not to get off. Is he not here. one of the more underrated songwriters in your opinion? Well, he is. I mean, if he, well, like six six a.m. Like I fucking love six a.m. Oh, six a.m. is fucking banger. Don't get me and, started on that shit. And and a lot and, and their shit's like it's a little bit deeper, I think, than what Motley Crue generally does. You know, yeah, I it's think. a little darker, a little deeper. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. But, but uh, you know, and, I, and yeah, he's wrote stuff for other bands. Get me started that. on that shit. He's he's wrote and helped out with that. But yeah, he's. You know, he's a great songwriter, you know, and I think some of it, you know, and I know sometimes like, you know, we kind of go back to the theme of Motley Crue is sex, drugs and rock and roll. And some of the songs they do are on that theme. Right. You know, if you look at Girls, 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 I mean, Girls, Girls, Girls is the ultimate sex, drugs and rock and roll song almost. <laughs> right. um, you know, but then like they can also get they can also get deeper on things and they talk about like heartbreak and other stuff, you know, and I mean, I think it's great. Um, my number 12 and. You talk kind of about a, you know, a fun sex, drugs, and rock and roll song to me is a same old situation, off of Doctor Feelgood. Um, you know, just a, I think it's just a great anthem. It's like I love a, that song. 
Yeah, I mean it's a hell. I mean, it's just a hell of an anthem off that off that. I think you know, and it's a you know, it's kind of like I said, it's got more of a pop rocky beat, I suppose, to it. You know, it's not dark or depressing or nothing like that. You know, and you know, it's got a fun uh, a fun video with them dancing around on stage during a concert. <laughs> you know, kind of stuff. Right, but, right. Uh, and but, staying yeah. with that theme, dancing around on stage, video, whatever. Um. For me, number eleven was girls, girls, girls. Right? They're they're freaking riding the motorcycles. Yeah. <laughs> they're freaking just partying down. They're slamming beers. You got half naked chicks. It, it's a beat. I mean, seriously, back in the eighties, you, like it says, girl, L.A. girls just can't be beat. Right? I mean, this was the epitome, in a way. Of the crew, I mean, just freaking partying down, oh, sex, yeah. drugs, rock and roll. Like we've said a couple times, sex, drugs, rock and roll. And I think this is kind of where this album took place. And this song for me was just, whew. I know it's well, one of the more overplayed songs as far as radio, but it holds up, right? Well, and let's be honest too, you know, like if, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I've been married happily married for a lot of years and haven't been to one in a long time but i, I imagine if you go to one of the the girl dancing clubs that girls 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 is going to come on <laughs> at some point in time even here in 2020 girl dancing clubs <laughs> um i don't know what you're talking about choppy i've never uh been to one of those establishments so yeah, yeah whatever uh my number 11 is uh <laughs> And I could, I'll just do my 11 and 10 here because yeah, one of the same here. My number 11, Saints of Los Angeles, off Saints of Los Angeles album. Um, like I said, I just think that's a great song. And it's just, uh, you know, it, it's part of that whole uh, Saints of Los Angeles kind of like uh, we're telling the history of Motley Crue a little bit for me. And, uh, you know, I love that. And then my number 10 is uh, Girls, 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 you know, which we already talked about a little bit. So. Yeah, so going to uh, my number 10 is uh, If I Die Tomorrow, which I don't know, not looked at your list. Um, I don't know where you have that rank, if you have that rank, um, which is off of their, um, which is off of their, uh, Motley Crue album, which surprisingly I had it ranked as one of my lower albums of theirs, right? Um, mm -hmm. But man, such a good song. I mean, if you just just go back and listen to it, right? Kind of a slower song, kind of slower melody. Not your hardcore rock and roll Fast and Furious shit, but um a little bit of a slower song, a little bit of a heavy metal sound from them, which is something you don't see from the crew, right? Because you're thinking, when you think of crew, you're thinking ballads, you're thinking rock and roll, Fast and Furious, right? But this has a little bit of a hint of a more metal feel to it, a little... Why it has a little bit of a slower feel, it's not a ballad, but it's a 
a little more of a metal feel, a little more of a in, insight to the crew, I think, because it's mm -hmm. a heavier sound that you're not used to seeing for them. And I don't know if that was actually on like an album. I think it was on like one of their greatest hits, I believe. No, um, no way. Yeah, I think it I was. Could be, I could be wrong, but I could swear that was. Nah, because Vince, Vince is singing on it. Um, and I don't think it was on. Uh, it, and what, it was, Vince can't sing that song? What the hell's wrong with you? No, he was. It, you, well, you said it was on the Motley Crue album. That was uh, Karabi singing. So that's obviously two different people. Um, it's on but a I red think it, album. Yeah, I think that was one of their 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 red their red white and crew or something like that. Like uh, oh, greatest hits, but no, it's a, I love that song. I think it was a. But I like that song though. I, I would I'm not mistaken, but I think Nikki Six wrote that with like the guys from like uh, Fallout Boy or Simple Plan or something like that. I might be wrong. Jesus on which Christ, one. Nikki Six was a fucking gangster. I'm not for sure which ones it was, but like it was, you know, those who got in there. Yeah, I, 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 I could have swore. Go ahead, I'll, I'll try to find it here. Um, but no, I yeah, it's I think it's a great song. I I agree with you. I don't I don't have it on my list, but I love that song. So again, well, shame on you for not having it on your list. You're not I, a true I, crew fan. I, I'm happy you found your way there. Uh, my number nine is uh is Wild Side, off of Girls Girls Girls. I mean, just a great rock anthem. Uh, I mean, it's, it's great rock song Never all the way. Together. We're in no, tune, we tied, brother. We tied on, tied on yeah. So, um, but I mean, just a song that you I mean, I, you, you hear it all the time, right? I mean, it's a you play it at stadiums, you can play it wherever, right? I mean, just a you know, it's a great song. Right, that's off the Girls, Girls, Girls album, which yep. was the '87 album. Yep. Fast paced rock and roll. Oh yeah, you you and jump into your eight. You want me to do my eight since we tied on nine? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to quench my thirst here. Give me time. Give me time. <laughs> Jesus, quit rushing me. Uh, gee, you're gonna rush me on this. So my number eight is ten seconds to love. Um. Which is off of the shout at the shout at the devil album, which I told you was one of my favorite was my favorite album. I, I just think that album is so good, man. It's great. I album. mean, you yeah. can hear the early stages. You can hear the early stages in those first two albums, especially this one, of what the crew is about to become, right? Yeah. With, uh, I mean, this this was the setup. I mean, they had their hits or whatever, but you can feel this. You can, it's a little rock and roll. It's a little bluesy. It's a little whatever, but this is the predecessor to what the crew is about to involve in. Nah, I... I love it's that. It's almost got a, and and don't you, you're gonna roast me on this. But when you listen to this, ten seconds to love, don't you almost get a hint or a feel of like a kiss 
type sound to it. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. Like, I just... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't hate that. I, I like that song too. I mean, I, I just, you know, yeah. Again, like, you know, the hard part for me on Motley Crew is narrowing down a, a really a catalog that I probably love as much as anybody down to like thirteen songs. You know, so, um, I think it's a great, I think it's a great song. You know, I think that, uh, you know, again, I, I'm proud of you finding your way there, Hollywood. So, hey, maybe I'm, I'm you beaming. doubted me, and I freaking. That's right. I'm I freaking Babe Ruth this motherfucker out the park. You, you did. You kicked the hell out of it. So. I did. And I ain't even done yet. That's right. I'm about to blow your motherfucking membrane right <laughs> here. Um, my number eight, but uh, I put them together because they go together, is uh, the Terror in Tinseltown with Dr. Feelgood off the Dr. Feelgood album. Just the, that whole fucking intro of how they go into like the, you know, the, the, ambulances or the fire trucks or whatever they're responding to the call and then the, you just you kind of have that and just it blares into doctor like <laughs> and then it goes right into the freaking song <laughs> like like you can't play to me like i can't play dr field without playing that first right i have to they go together like they just i need okay. this like i gotta okay. have this, i gotta have this introduction to this song like if i if i just start dr Feelgood and i don't have tnt first i'm like something's wrong you know, like the, the planets are out of orbit. Like, like <laughs> my, 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 my freaking eyes aren't working or something, you know? So um, <laughs> I don't know. Like to me, like Motley Crue hit like a home run with like an intro into a song, whether they intended to or not with that, they did it with another song, which I'll have like, like up farther, but like, I just, it's just great. Like you just, and it just fits so perfect. And, and then Dr. Feelgood is just like, man, that's, I mean, that's, a, that's a freaking great song. You know, like I just, I just love it. And I just, uh, you know, and especially if you think about what they're talking about, right. You know, like they all were kind of clean at the moment after having like, you know, years of like serious hardcore drug problems and, right. you know, and they're, they're, they're kind of going back through that a little bit too, you know? So I just, I mean, I, I just think it's a great song and love it. So. So, yeah. Okay, cool. So my number seven, <clears throat> and I feel like I'm stuck in, stuck in a rut here, but number seven for me is looks that kill, right? And you're going right back off of that shout out the devil album, that second album. And I think that's why, I mean, this album from, from in the beginning had coincidence, right? The first song off that album is in the beginning. And then number 11 is danger. Um, but looks that kill is just freaking such a crew song, right? Yeah. You're, you're talking about same old situation and Dr. Feel good and smoking in the boys room and all that. I think this, while it's different from all those, it epitomizes the crew. I mean, it's their early days. And, and you get this feel with any band that's been around for a long time, whether it's Metallica, Megadeth, freaking um, the crew, freaking uh, Guns N' Roses, they evolve, right? They start out one way, and you can kind of hear that sound kind of transform. But the looks that kill is, it's transitional. You can put it on any album, and I think you'd be like, 
ah, you could put this song on the Dr. Feelgood album and be like, hmm, you know, that fits. You were talking about whatever it was a minute ago. Well, you can't put this song on Dr. Feelgood album and it wouldn't fit, right? And you were correct. I think you could put the looks that kill. I think you could put that on any of their first four or five albums and it would fit. Yeah. And you would say, this is, a, this is a crew song. Yeah, I love that song. I mean, I got it uh, not... I mean, you're we're at seven. I got it at six, um, so <laughs> it's not. Yeah. We're we're kind of on the uh, the same page with that. My actually, num my number seven is on with the show, off of Too Fast for Love. Um, I never used to be as high on this song as I was until I watched the, uh, um, watched the dirt, and it's the song where like uh, Nikki Six is going to get his name changed, you know, from uh, Frank whatever it was, um that's what they're playing at. Right. And it says, uh, you know, I, it, it's, it's kind of a ballad thing, you know, it, it starts off with Frankie died the other night. And, uh, I don't, I just love it. I just, as I've listened to it more in my old age, I guess, um, it, you know, it just resonates as a great song, I think. And, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, it's probably one of their more obscure songs. I don't know how every, you know, where everybody thinks about it, probably, you know, other than, you listen to Too Fast for Love from start to finish. Most people probably don't hit it, but uh, you know, on with the show, I think is a, is definitely a great song um, for me. Great like, fucking what, name to a song, though, right? For the crew, on with oh, the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of their first uh, their first ballad, almost a little bit, right? You know, and uh, well, I said yeah, that maybe. I think it. Is. I mean, it's on the it's on their debut album, so it's obviously their first. You know, like it's their first one. You know, and I think that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they they probably did some others better. I uh, well, I know they did one better for sure, but yeah, I just like I said, it just kind of. Yeah, I think it's him. You know, it's Nikki Six talking about going from being the the kid Frank into the rock star Nikki, right, and and some of that evolution in there, I think is in that song. So um, my number six is like what you just talked about is looks that kill. Um, God, man, that's just a freaking great song, you know? And uh, yeah, I, I could talk about it all day and I think it, it, it still, it, it still sounds great now, right? It's just a great rock and roll song. And um, you know, part of that great shot, the devil album and it just, it just works. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were definitely close there, so man, I'm getting anxious. Um, so number six for me, and while we think of the crew as a pure rock and roll band, not thrash, but straight up rock and roll, Guns N' Roses type, freaking, you know, that freaking, I mean, just freaking, excuse me, upbeat thing. We also think of them as with the ballad era, right? The rock band era. So for me at number six is coming from the Dr. Feelgood album. Without you. Just, I mean, go back and listen to the lyrics of this. I mean, the sound is just considered just without you 
It's just so consistent, but those lyrics are so deep. And it's got just enough, for me, it's just got just enough ballad in it. Or it's a ballad song, but it's just got just enough, a little bit of an uptick of rock and roll. You can hear it in there. Which can, which makes it, or which keeps it from being completely a freaking ballad song. But man, the words, the lyrics to this, coming off that Dr. Feelgood album, you know, Dr. Feelgood's the freaking thing, same old situation. And then you got this song. I just think this is one of their best songs, um, especially ballad wise. I think this is one of their best songs ever. Yeah, I'd say ballot. I mean, I, I didn't put it on my list. I like it. Um, well, shame I mean, on I did, you. Yeah. I, I think the one thing that's like, you know, great about that song there is, I mean, man, Mick Mars, I don't know what the minute mark is there, man, but he just, I mean, he, again, that guy just kicks loose on a guitar solo that is yeah. is great, you know. Gangster. Uh, Gangster. We haven't talked about that at all, but like the most underappreciated guitar player maybe in rock and roll history might be mick mars i think so yeah i mean, I mean that may be a topic we dig into but yeah right off the top of my head absolutely i mean so many like classic riffs and just classic solos and you know songs we haven't even like you know talked about and stuff like that you know and the, the fact that a lot of the bands where they are considered great guitar bands they have like they have two guys doing it right where Motley is just Mick. <laughs> you know, he's, <laughs> he's doing all this shit by himself, you know. He's like, what the fuck, you know? But um, yeah, I don't I don't hate you for putting putting without you in there. You know, I think that's like I said, such a good a, song. It is. It's a very good song, you know. So um my number six is uh Too Fast for Love off of Too Fast for Love. Um and again, you're talking about we were just talking about Mick Mars and the, the start of that song, you know, like is, <laughs> I mean, man, it just hits it. Right. Like I just, you know, some people might not like the lyrics of the song or whatever like that, but man, that that's like their best guitar song, I think. And I just, uh, you know, part of that great uh, debut album they had and I just love it. So um, I don't know what you got for you up five. Yeah, so, so, yeah. You know, at number six, I had Without You off that uh, Dr. Feel Good album, and I'm going right back there again. Kickstart my heart. Upbeat. One of the more popular songs, right? Radio played. But that's... And I, ha I feel... I hate to say this, but it's kind of like... That's what the crew is known for, right? That upbeat, party beat. And I feel like the crew could be two parts. They could be that slower ballad type. But at the same time, I, and this is just me personally, while I love some of their ballads, and I do, don't get me wrong, and we're going to get into this. When I think crew, I think more upbeat, up-tempo, rock and roll, just in-your-face, pure rock and roll bands. I think the crew is it, and I think that's where Kickstart My Heart comes in here. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's like the the adrenaline song that gets you going and running and ready to run through a wall. And, um, you know, I mean, it's I mean, he wrote it based on the, you know, one of the times he was DOA, you know, and <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> but like and then, you know, the video, I mean, it's like a skydivers and motorcycle racing and shit like that going on and stuff, you know, but so um, I yeah, I got I mean, I, I'm couple spots higher on that song but yeah i love it so um my number four is uh is home sweet home off oh, of uh jesus what is wrong with you don't even start because you got like oh, fuck. at least one song on your list that i should just if i could like reach my hand to tennessee to slap you for not having the song on your top 13 i would you know, know my list is not done. You can't slap me yet. You don't know what my list is. I, I, well, yeah, you pretty, yeah, you I do. And I, and I know that one song. <laughs> it's an embarrassment in Hollywood. So, um, it, I, this we is like, yeah, dickhead. And this is tough too, because like Home Sweet Home is my favorite. Is my favorite '80s rock ballad by far. <sighs> like. I would put this song up against, and we did a, an eighties rock ballad thing. And I, I, hopefully I put it as my number one. If not, I need to go back and slap my past self. Um, yeah, I need to go back it. and look too, but yeah, but like, I just, it is the alt like, and so many like bands duplicated that like video and song after that too. Right. Because like, you know, they did that whole, like we're tired in the concert thing. And then like poison followed it with every rose has their thorn and Bon Jovi followed it with a one in dead or alive, I think. And like, kind of like stole the same thing. And, um, I, I it, and it's just, if you've ever been to a Motley Crue show now, they, they end up, they end the show with home sweet home. Right. I mean, that's their, this is our go home song. And I mean, it, it's, it, it's oh, probably, wow, that's cool. That's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean it's it's probably their it's their ultimate song, right? And I, and I and I love it. I just I think it's a great song, and it's the how it starts out, right? It's just you know the the piano going to everything else, and um, fucking a again, Mick Mars guitar solo on this thing, holy shit, is just unreal, right? Like, I mean, Mars is a fucking god. He, he breaks into that thing, whatever minute mark it is, and it's just like, all right, you know, like this is awesome, you know. And here we go. Yeah, you know, so that's <laughs> yeah. I just so that's my number four. Um, I can jump in my three where I talked about it too. Is kickstart my heart. Um, so just, we're not too far off. Three no. for you, five for me. We're not too far off. No, and it, and. Look at me holding my own with some crew shit. Who and, knew? And a lot of people probably say that's their favorite Motley Crue song, and I wouldn't really. I really. Kick, I, well, if anybody said, I don't give a shit. If anybody says "Kickstart My Heart" is their best song, fuck off. No, I mean it's a great they song. Listening to the group, I wouldn't fight them on it. I, I, it is, and it's like I would because that's not their best song. And it's no a, way. it's a fun, it's 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 a good song, man, and it just speaks to it, you know. So. Um, not to jump, uh, you know, too far ahead. I guess I'll just uh, Hollywood had to step away for a second, so I'm just going to cover my number two and my number one, I suppose. Um, my number two song is uh, Live Wire off of uh, 
too fast for love. And I, I think this is the song here. I mean, it's the lead single. I mean, it's the first song on their album. It's, you know, if you, if you go by the, the first Motley Crue album and you listen to the first song on that cassette or record or whatever the hell you bought back in 1981, that's the song you hear. And damn, it's just like, Oh yeah, that's it. Right. And I don't think it gets enough appreciation like through the years as to like how great it is and then how impactful it is and you know, what it, uh, what it meant for that band. They still play it. I mean, it's still a mainstay in their, uh, their catalog to this day and, uh, just a great, uh, a great song. Um, there's Hollywood returning. Yeesh. Yeah. So I, I think I've covered four, three, and two for myself. So you can probably do those for yourself. Okay. So my number three, I don't think we covered this. And I don't think you mentioned this on your list. And I'm kind of surprised. I'm kind of surprised at this because... This is one of their better songs. It's um, one of their more chart-topping songs. <laughs> well, I don't know if... No, 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 no. Say so you don't even know where I'm going here. You don't even know where I'm going here. Well, number three, because I think I, we got mixed up here. Um, well, you, you left, and so I jumped ahead some. So I think we need your we need your four and your three and your two. So I'm I'm ready for my number one song. So number four for me was uh, "Smoking in the Boys' Room." That I'll give you. That was one of their more popular chart topping radio played um, songs, right? Um, just I think when you think of the crew, you can't really not think of them not think of um not think of this song i mean it's one of their absolutely uh better songs right um no matter right. what area you're from what time frame you're from it's it's that remake of you, that remake of brownsville station or brownsville block or whatever the hell they were called from back in the 60s and stuff but i think if you think about the video right with the uh oh the crazy dude that was i think he was in like weird science and some other shit <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, in the video right. and stuff and like uh you know it was kind of a like a you know like a fun like you know like if you watched mtv back in like 1985 6 or whatever well, you're the fucking about. 80s mtv was the bomb yeah you know, this was when like when you get into right? the nineties beyond fuck MTV because they fucking oh, yeah. suck. Yeah, it was kind of like a train wreck then, you know. But yeah, I think that was. <laughs> the, was oh uh, yeah, it was horrible. You know that might and that might be one of their more like besides Home Sweet Home. I mean, that might be their much most popular video. Oh, easy, fucker. Right? What I said besides Home Sweet Home, that might be their most popular video. I wasn't dissing anything. Why do you get like so? Well, angry? Maybe, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, just saying, like, I'm just so, so I'm gonna go to my number three, and I don't think you mentioned this. I'm gonna go down here and look. You did no, not. 
I can't believe you call yourself a crew fan. So my number three was Don't Go Away Mad. And we're going back to the Dr. Feelgood album, right? Flies of Your Pie, Dr. Feelgood, Rattlesnake Shake, Kickstart My Heart, Without You, Same Old Situation, and Don't Go Away Mad. I thought it's, for me, it's not ultimate rock and roll. It's not an ultimate power ballad, right? It's kind of a mix between the two. Um, I just think that's, when you listen to the lyrics, that's okay. You know, it's a catchy little tune. I think it's a kind of an in-between song for them. Kind of played a lot on classic rock radio. Um, but for me, I think that's one of my favorite songs of theirs. I really do. Girl, don't go away mad. Hollywood, that's just go game. away. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Fuck you. I like One and two. What you, I, I'm not even going to fuck with you tonight. One and two. What do we got here? Fuck off. I already said my two. My number two is live wire. Okay, I like so my number two. Hey, hey, go back to it. I, I like Don't Go Away, man. I just, it wasn't in my list. As we don't like it. So if you like it more, that's cool. It's kind of a different song, though, right? Because yeah. I think when you think of the crew, they're upbeat, rock and roll in your face, just getting yeah. on it. And then they've got those power ballads. And I yeah. think this song, Don't Go don't go Away Mad, I think it's a mix, right? Because yeah, it's, it's not a little really bit of both. It's, got, it's an upbeat song, but it's kind of got, when you listen to the lyrics, it's kind of, ballad lyrics upbeat music which i don't think you see a lot of anymore yeah kudos to them because that's one of the i don't know right off the top of my head of a song that would compare to that well and i think that's another song that kind of goes to the like you talked about like the most like complete album with dr feelgood right like all the way through you know because i think there's you know on that album like you know between don't go away mad and like slice of your pie or and uh well, I mean, there's like several songs on that that are like a really strong songs that like kind of don't necessarily feel like what you thought Motley Crue was at the beginning and stuff, right? So, right. and I'm gonna have to change my freaking my thing because I had Doctor Feel Good at three for mm -hmm. album wise. Man, I might have to push that motherfucker right up there, one A, one B, with Shout at the <laughs> Devil. Shout at the Devil was awesome, but really. I mean, when you think of it, Dr. Feelgood was such a broad spectrum of their thing, right? Yeah. You got the early days, you got the you got the pop rock, you've got the, what they're going to be in the future, you're going to be what they're known for, what they're known for. I mean, it's almost like Dr. Feelgood was the culmination of everything that the crew was. Not well, good, not so. bad, but it's like a who's who. When they got to their, their perfect, when they got to their perfect moment, right? Like that's their they climbed to the right. peak, right? So, right. Um, and I'm pissed off at you. I'm, I'm so I said, Doctor Fit. Where were we at here? Hang on. Well, so your number two is Doctor Feelgood. My number two is Doctor Feelgood. Yeah, that song just freaking rock and rolls. You can't. 
it's actually one of my pump up songs. When I want to get pumped up, that that's a song, right? You're going back to Guns N' Roses, Welcome to the Jungle, uh, Motley Crue, Dr. Feelgood. Um, it's in that category, right? I mean, that was just off the freaking charge for me. Um, I am kind of pissed at you, though. I am kind of pissed at you at your number one song because my number one song was Home Sweet Home. Yes, it was. Don't don't be an asshole. There's no sense in you being an asshole. Oh, there, there's going to be a sense here in a minute. Yeah, I fuck was... a censor. For everything that the crew has done, right? The rock and roll in your face, the true rock and roll, the the great albums, the ballads, and this song fits into it, right? But Vince is on point right here. And you got Tommy Lee playing the piano. I mean, just let this, just play this motherfucker and let it roll. I, I, hey, I love Home Sweet Home. Like I said, it was what my number three or four or five or somewhere in there, right? Um, you know, I, my only fault with you having Home Sweet Home at number one is because you just want to be a hater. That's why I just tell the world you just no. want to be a dick. Well, I'm, I'm telling six people, five people. Well, us two, and then <laughs> maybe seven people. I don't fucking know what number is. I'm not telling the world. Oh, you offended our five people. Well, four counting D- justices double T. Yeah, that's true. Um, how <laughs> do you come up with 13 songs for Motley Crue and Shout at the Devil is not in there? How? Shout at the Devil's not. <laughs> <laughs> if you just want to just not their best song though I, it is to me best. it's not their best song how is it not in their top 13 at all no way how i mean that's to me that that's their especially if I, you I give like, you that shout out the devil was their best album but that song if, is not their best song if you parlay to me again like i talked about before how tnt like like just goes into Dr. Feelgood and it fits so well. You listen to like the start of Shout Devil, into the beginning, into Shout of the Devil. And like you just don't, I mean, and you're not ready to go like freaking like fight whatever after you hear that. I mean, Shout Devil is her best song, I think. The way it starts, um, I mean, I'm listening to it right now in the background. Okay. You listen to it right now in the background. <laughs> The damage is already done, Hollywood. Um, but no, I mean, that that's like off of like, and I know that I think I have put too fast for love of French, but like those two albums I can like, I can interchange at a moment's notice and stuff like that. But Shout of the Devil is like, I think it's one of the greatest rock songs ever written. Um, and it's kind of like an album, whoa. an anthem. Too. Huh? I said, whoa. Well, it is an anthem song. I'll give you that. It is an anthem song. Yeah. But, ee, it's not one of their 13 best. No way. Oh, you're just defending yourself now because you messed up. It's all good. 
I didn't mess up. <laughs> I kicked your ass at this list, and you're just picking at ways to to degrade me right here. No, I mean, shout out to Devil should be on. I'm the better show. crew fan than you are. That's what I'm yeah, hearing right now. Yeah, yeah. So here's your challenge in Hollywood. You're going to go find anybody that can say that they can find 13 songs better than Shout the Devil. Ooh. Besides yourself. Well, I'm one. Yeah, I said anybody else. And if anybody else can do that, I will give you, I will send you $22. <laughs> oh, how specific we are with $22. I don't even know where that, I don't even want to know where that number comes from. That's all right. We're just going to um, $22. So if you want to earn $22, you find at least one other person that will not put Shouts Devil in the top 13. Well, that's about a case of Budweiser, so, you know, I might take you up on that. There you go. Let's see how bad you need that free case of Budweiser. Uh, and I don't hate the song. I really <laughs> – I don't hate the song. I just don't think hey, that's – To each their own, man. Like, I, I just think that's the – I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this album, Shout at the Devil, which is what the song is, right? But you got 10 seconds to love, knock them dead, kid, too young oh, to fall in love, Helter Skelter, which is a, a cover. You've got uh, looks that kill. You've got, yeah, bastards. You got in the beginning. Man, that's not even the best song off that fucking album, let alone one of the 13 best oh, songs. It is. If you're a true you should Motley. turn in your Motley Crew card. No, if, you're you're a true, if you're a true You Motley. don't even know shit. Shout Devil is, is this shit. No, fuck off. Don't even get me started. I'm a more crew fan than you are. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You're, you're a jackass. Why well, I gotta be a jackass? I can't help it that shooting stars their best song ever. So what are we doing next fault. week or last week or Three weeks from now, or next six week, months. last week, three months from now, next year, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. So we we probably need to be more consistent if we want to keep our five listeners, though. But yeah, that's probably true. So um, no, yeah, but I, I think that you know, like the cool thing about Motley Crue is, is they got they got a really strong catalog. If you sit down and listen to them, right? Like I don't think. Oh that, yeah. Uh, I mean, I would put, I would probably put their catalog against anybody's, right? I mean, we, we got. Well, and they just, I mean, they just sold their catalog for what, $200 million, I think, or something like that to somebody. Yeah, that's insane. Um, and so I, I think that when you, you know, you kind of go through and look at it. I know we kid about, you know, like, I mean, songs one through 26 or wherever we could have went to, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, they, they, there's so much good music in there. It's going to be different from person to person. And that's what makes this fun to do. And kind of enjoyable to see and you know like you know sometimes uh you know like finding songs that kind of we forgot about right like i i honestly like i remember if i die tomorrow and i love that song but like the music i was looking through through my my apple music like it didn't pop up on anything <laughs> you know so um i mean you know you kind of forget about stuff right so uh i mean that was uh good times and like i you know, I love Motley Crue, and I think that, you know, they are one of the uh, iconic bands in rock and roll history. You know, maybe not the 
you know, most musically gifted or lyrically strong or whatever. But when you put the whole package together, I think they're, they're definitely one of the top bands of the eighties. They're the quintessential eighties band, right? Well, they are the eighties, right? Like I think if you sit down yeah. and, you know, they kind of, that that's kind of their, you know, are they the, are they the Nirvana of the eighties? Right. Maybe not the best band of that time, but like if you, kind of put one band in that era that's kind of the first one that comes to mind for a lot of people i think so yeah that's that's pretty that's a pretty good uh assessment um, there um, but yeah i just you know it's fun to talk about them and see and have our differences and you know whatever and i'm sure we'll uh it's good that. to see you light up talking about the uh the crew man i know that's your band you're just freaking glowing like a christmas tree over there I know we should. We should probably. I ain't even, I ain't even hating the bashing that you're giving me because I know this is in your wheelhouse. So I'm not even giving you bat, bashing because, like, honestly, like the songs you have in there, like, it's teach their own. I mean, that's the fun thing about music is, you know, I could have 13 songs and you can have 13 songs and, you know. I thought I held my own pretty good. Hey, I, I, I like your list. I like all those songs on there. You know, I just. I have my list. You have your list. Same with the albums and the order you put yeah. them in. I think it's all fun, right? So, I think if we, uh, you know, whatever we decide to do next, I think you. You the, the thing is, you actually pick the crew, you know. So I guess I should pick a band next, and we should go with that, right? So I should probably pick a Hollywood favorite. And we you can pick maybe, whatever you want to, buddy. We'll do we whatever do, it. We can do album versus album, top songs, top band, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, we'll figure something out, and I think we'll try to. Uh, I'm just disappointed know. that you didn't have "Shooting Stars" your number one song. <laughs> I, hey, you told me that, and I kept looking for it. I couldn't find the Motley Crue version. Yeah. Oh, you couldn't find it. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. No. But hey, when I was looking at "Shooting Star," I like it cross-referenced "Bad Company," and I found "Bad Company," and then I so I found that song. Then I found "Bad Company" the acoustic version, uh, "Bad Company" the dance version. Uh, oh, well, that's one, two, and three right there, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on. Shit. Bad, bad Company Live. Then I think there was hey, a... you got uh, the top four. You're in there. <laughs> so... You're um, in there. So, no, like... I, well, I'll always have much love to the crew. I think Hollywood does, too, even though he likes giving me shit about it. You know, crew. No, I love, the, I love the crew. I just push yeah. for your balls. I think they're one of the best bands, if not one of the... I mean, I think for their sound, I think they're one of the top three bands of the 80s, right? I mean, well, I, then, I think you got to put them right there with Guns N' Roses. I mean, I, I guess you can go different looks with thrash or classic rock or whatever, but if you're looking at pure rock and roll, I think it's Guns N' Roses, and I think it's the crew. I think they're one, two right there, and I think they're at, their catalogs kind of compare and mirror each other i know the crew kind of come along a little bit earlier than guns and roses but still i mean in that time frame that era i think that's the two bands that that stand out oh yeah and and then they have the, they have that, that staying power too right like even though they haven't released an album in what 17 years or whatever it is right. i mean they're still relevant right they're still selling out stadiums and all this other stuff too you know you don't you don't see that so um so yeah so i think on that note i guess we'll see y'all next time which hopefully isn't in april we'll try to do something before then so 
Yeah, I mean, it's January. I mean, we've got a few months, years to get something together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, we, we really didn't in, intend to take that long, but kind of works around our schedules. We knew this, so um, we joked earlier, uh, football season's over, so uh, we'll put some shit together and pump it out for you. You know, if you like what we're doing, let us know what you want to hear, um, topics or whatever. Um, sound off, let us know. And uh, whew, I guess we'll be back next week, next month, next year, whatever, whatever we can get it together. But we thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Um, I spread the word. 13 Horns. Check us out on Twitter, at 13 Horns. Um, Listen to us. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Podbean, wherever. Um, Make sure you check us out and, and subscribe, rate, and review there. And we will see you next time. Peace.